Howdy, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Acre Podcast, where we talk arts, culture, religion, and entrepreneurship. Did I get that right? I got that right. Um, and today we have uh, a real treat. Brandis Leverett. Uh, a lot of people may know Brandis, um, but he's kind of a legend in Memphis. And he uh, he came in, and I really enjoyed this conversation. We get into uh, a lot of different aspects of the education system, K through twelve, college. Uh, what it looks like in America. We found out that uh, the American education system is 38th out of 71 uh, worldwide. So uh, there's some problems, but there's also some good things. Uh, but I hope you enjoy the conversation with uh, Brandis Leverett. Brandis Leverett, everybody. So hey. Brandis is a, um, we were just talking about, you're 6'5". I'm a very large guy. He's a very large man. Yeah. A very formidable presence within the city of Memphis. I would say, uh, and also aspiring Memphis Grizzlies. What do you call that guy? The PA announcer. The that's, PA that's, announcer. That's the job. That's okay. The job. So let's hear so, a. So John, if you're listening, like I who's know John? The guy who does it now. Okay, you're yeah. coming for him. I'm coming. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be leaving. Yeah, you were just doing like sort of an audition tape. So why don't you go ahead and give us a little yeah, bit of what you got? What does interim mean, right? Interim means you're leaving at some point, right? Interim just means you're filling in. Yeah, but you might actually be the guy. Oh, I just you're thought, being tested. You're being tested? No, he can't be tested. He's like the man. He's really good. He was there before, you know, when they first moved. <laughs> so if he stayed there, you could not get that job. Right. Right. So we need him to leave. Okay. Yeah. John, if you're listening to this, you got to go, man. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. I want that job. All right. So right now, right now. you are, <clears throat> tell us what you're doing within the city. So uh, right now, uh, I'm enjoying summer break because today is the last day of school. Whoa. I mean, come on. I see some energy in you. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> Kids don't understand, man. Like, teachers are more excited than they are. And they just don't, they don't see it, you know? Teachers hate school more than they do? No, I wouldn't I'm say kidding. that. I'm <laughs> kidding. That's not what you said, Brandon. Around Christmas, we do. But. <laughs> no, last day of school, man. So um, I'm currently a teacher over at New Hope Christian Academy. And we just had our last uh Chapel. Of what do you the year. teach? So I teach fourth grade. I teach everything but science. Uh, they don't want me teaching science because I'm not very good at it, honestly. So you're teaching fourth grade at New Hope. New Hope Christian Academy. Did you start teaching there? No. Okay, so where'd you start? So when I left Lambeth, um, my last little uh, year, um, I actually didn't do any student teaching. Uh, ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, they were like, who ran out of money? You did? Uh, yeah, or I, 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 both of us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We were all in trouble. Yeah, we were all in trouble. <laughs> so, you know, I finished my, my degree, but I didn't have my license, right? So I uh, come here and, and uh, started working at Youth Villages of all places. Um, now, what's that? Youth Villages is a uh, behavior, um, it's like, um, man, I don't know, it's like, <laughs> it's like a juvenile detention. Okay. Yeah. Here. Here. In Memphis. Okay. Well, it's all over the nation, but I think Memphis maybe the okay. headquarters, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, the, 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 the big guy is here. Um, so I worked there for a little while. What'd you do there? I was an overnight teacher counselor. What? So the kids there, they stay there. It's like a boarding school, right? Oh, okay. For kids who have had issues and, and been put out of school. Um, so they would go to school from 8 to like 2 o'clock. I come in at 2 o'clock, and I'm basically like a live-in dad with them. You know, we do everything. I mean, just try to teach them some skills. We take them to different places, uh, try to develop relationships with them, um, and all that. So, Do you like that job? At first, I kind of did, but the the hours really got me, man. Um, it was two to what? It depended on the day. Sometimes it was two to like ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Sometimes it was, the, it was called overnight teacher counselors. So it was two nights a week, 
where you had to stay overnight on on, on campus there Jeez, in the wow. cabin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my only issue in our particular cabin was um, brown recluse infested. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Did you ever uh, get bit? No. Huh? No, I only slept in that room like twice. I, I, slept like, I slept like in a chair. Did you actually sleep or did you just stay up the whole night? I, I, I finally went to sleep probably like four in the morning, you know, <laughs> with the light on. Every little thing that crawled on me, I thought it was something. Ugh. And I slept in my car. While you were working there? Yeah. You'd rather sleep in your car than in the... Yes. Okay. I mean, like, I've heard what brown recluses do to people. We don't have them in Michigan. It gets too cold. What do they do? They, like, ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> they bite you and they mess up all your little flesh. And my brother was bitten once in, in his... Is he alive? He is alive, man, but he has a, a gaping hole in his belly for the rest of his life. Wait, is that true? That is true. Because of a spider bite? Because of a spider bite. Brown recluse spider. Yeah, I'd sleep in my car, too. Yes. Golly. So how long were you at Youth Villages? About seven, eight months. Okay, Not so short long. stint, then what happened? So then after that, man, I got hired on at the, um, in the Catholic Diocese at St. Augustine School over in South Memphis. And uh, again, not having any. Doing um, what? As a teacher. I was a sixth grade teacher. <clears throat> Didn't have any. Um, you know, other than that year, I was doing the parapro thing and really just following the direction somebody else gave me. Uh, my first year in teaching, man, it was, it, was, it was a struggle. So every year when I get ready to go back to uh, teaching, um, the, the new year comes, I have a little folder of things that I just keep up with. And one of the things in there is a letter that a parent wrote me that first year. She actually wrote me a couple letters, but this one particular letter I kept um, because it kind of just helps me to go back and reflect on that year and how bad of a teacher I really was. Most teachers in their first five years are <laughs> bad teachers. She's saying this letter. Oh man, it was you know it was it was it was very it was it, it was packed with a lot of grace. She was like you know when it comes to developing relationships with the kids and helping them develop relationships with each other, you're like you're you're really good at that. But when it comes to parent communication, when it comes to content knowledge, these are words she's using. Now. Content knowledge, yeah, you know, um, you know, um, when it came to like like I would give all this work, have the idea of grading all this work, get backed up on grading all the work. And like they would never see it. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It so was a bad deal. They wouldn't understand how they were doing. Pretty much. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I remember the first time report cards went out that next morning. I had eight moms at the back door waiting on me. When eight. I when I drove around and I normally parked in the back and went through the back, my principal caught me on my way back and was like, "You park up here and you come through here." You know, we went in and she was like, what? Because she was, you know, she was doing her job. She's expecting her <laughs> teachers to do their thing, right? And she was like, what is going on? You have eight parents in the back door. They're ready to, like, off with your head. Cause, I mean, How would you just, get out of that situation? <clears throat> um, graded the papers? Th- you know, graded the papers. There was a, uh, I can't remember her name now, man. She was a veteran teacher across the hall. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I sucked at math. I was really, really bad at math. You know, and this is going back to me being the kind of student I was. I wasn't a very good student in school. Yeah. Um, you know, um, one of the things I do and one of the things that my kids uh, share with me that they enjoy that I do is I talk to them about my, my history. And I have copies of my transcripts from all of school, from JK through college. Still. Still. Yeah, it's in the car like right now. And um, so we, and I put it up on a big screen. We look at <coughs> some of the choices I made. Um you know, um, I actually fit, I, I did pretty good up until second grade, third grade. Yeah. So up until yeah, the, the two years before that, <laughs> third grade, man, it was just downfall, man. Like it just went downhill. I don't know. It was, you know, I don't know what it was, you know? 
Uh, but I failed in third grade and actually got promoted um, at the end of my fifth grade year to seventh grade. But my principal, um, there was a school called the Accelerated Academic Academy. It basically was like this alternative school where you, you know, kids who just, you know, had mouth, mouthing off issues, behavior issues, all of that. And my biggest issue was my mouth. It really was. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like a violent kid. I would defend myself, but I wouldn't, you know, go out looking for fights or whatnot. And I can tell you this because I'm still in great relationship with that principal um, back home. When I go home, you know, I'm, I'm stop by our house and get a bite to eat. She's always feeding me like kale and stuff. I'm like, I don't eat that. <laughs> but, you know. Did you tell? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I went there uh, for seventh, eighth grade to, to get caught up. And it was a horrible situation. I mean, it was just more. But now you're teaching sixth graders. No, well, at that fourth point, grade. you're teaching yeah, yeah, sixth graders at that point. So, so how'd you get from, what, what was after that? After teaching sixth grade that year, you I did a, a bunch couple of moms years of that, angry. A bunch of moms angry. You kept your job? I did. Wow. I did. I did. I did. I did. Because I was, I was willing to learn. Yeah. Um, and that lady across the hall from me, she and she literally just took, she took over and taught math for me. Math was like a got foreign language to me. I got some help. There you go. You know, and received it and was welcome to the help. Um, so I did that. And then next year, I ended up teaching fifth grade and a section of third grade. It was weird stuff going on. And then our PE teacher had like double knee replacement, and she was like, "Hey, would you mind, you know, helping us out and teaching PE and some like technology stuff, basics on computers?" So I did that for a year too, and did a lot of athletic stuff for the school, and um, it was a good experience. I, I enjoyed it. Did you go straight from there to New Hope? No. So I went from there. Um, you know, I left there, and I knew that I wanted to go back and get a master's, and also I needed to, you know, do a teacher education program. So there was a program. There is a program here in Memphis called MTR. Did you do MTR? Um, I did do MTR. Okay. Yeah, 2011. Um, most of my memory in MTR has been erased, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was I was placed at KIPP, um, KIPP Middle School, uh, with a mentor teacher. and Where's KIPP? Uh, KIPP's everywhere. Oh. <laughs> but this particular KIPP was downtown about uh, two miles from the pyramid. Um, the old Public school? Public school. Well, it's a charter school. Okay. Yeah, charter school, public charter school. Um so um, mentor teacher there, man, she, she put it on me real quick, and I learned a lot really fast, had to learn really quickly, um, teaching sixth grade math. So basically teaching the thing that I feared most. And there were nights where I would have to stay up until 11 o'clock preparing lessons, watching Khan Academy and YouTube videos, <laughs> preparing myself to go in and teach these kids, you know. Yeah, man, it's, it's, true, it's true, it's true. It's real life, man. Real life, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to keep doing that. No. So after Kip, I uh, got hired on at Promise Academy. That's a charter school over in North Memphis. Um, taught fourth grade math over there for three. Math four, again. Math again. Yeah. Um, and was really good. by this time I was coming into becoming a pretty good teacher. Yeah. Um, you know they do the um, teacher eval stuff. I got some pretty good scores and all that kind of stuff over there. And then um, so I did three or four years there. And then decided to go to uh, New Hope. And actually tried to get to New Hope even before then. Um, I, I always heard about the school. And um, especially after I'd gotten saved, I'm like, hey, man, this sounds like the environment I kind of want to be in and flourish in. And uh, so, yeah, this is the end of my third year over there. And uh, so I'm teaching. And I'm also doing some uh, discipleship coordinating over there. At New Hope. At New Hope. Okay. Yeah. And once you uh, once you say, oh, I can't remember if this is right or not, but you want to be a principal, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's one of my goals, man, is to hopefully get into school leadership. Um, you know, just I feel like having a, a broader um, 
um, touch with, with families and their kids and just, you know, really helping more and more kids other than the 15 or 20 I'll be assigned. Now, one thing we always hear is the uh, the state of Memphis public education mm-hmm. is, you know, not the greatest. Mm-hmm. So w- from your perspective, why are people saying that? What's the problem? Yeah. Right. And uh, what are just start there and then I've got some more questions. Mm-hmm. Narratives are important. Um, and meaning what? Just like, you know, I watch the news every morning and there are some phenomenal things that happen in our city, but most of the things that we talk about are all the negative things. Um, don't get me wrong. We have our problems. We absolutely have our problems. And with this being the last day of school, let me just stop for a moment and just thank all the teachers, public, private, charter, independent, uh, homeschool teachers, like just say thank you, man. If, and, and if you know teachers out there, man, stop them and thank them um, for another successful year. I mean, it's, it's teaching is a very hard job. Um, there was a quote I saw something years ago. Teaching is the profession that teaches all other professions. You know, it's a really, really hard job. Mm. And a lot of people don't know that until they get into the classroom. Yeah, my wife know? did it for one year, couldn't do it anymore. Man, I mean, it's Shut just, up. yeah. And that's the it's thing. And, and that's the thing. It's okay because I feel like, you know, teaching is something you got to be called to, just like being a pastor or being in the military. Like, that's not something just anybody can just do. Um, but as far as problems, man, we have our problems. But I think um, when it comes to the narratives, we just don't talk about the good things enough, you know? Um, when we think about some of the things that are happening here in the city, Whitehaven High School, this past year, $80 million in scholarships for their senior class. From Whitehaven. Whitehaven. One kid earned like $9.2 million in scholarship on her own. One kid? One kid. What? How much is college now? That's a very good question. I mean, I know how much roads <laughs> is down the street. Like, <laughs> And of course, these are like offers, you know, totaling up the offers, and then she accepted. She to- chose to go to, I can't remember what she chose to go to, but full ride, four years, you know, uh, that stuff happening. Jeez, um, what's wow. happening at Soulsville, man? Soulsville Charter School, you know. That's what is Soul- Soulsville? So, Soulsville Charter School is it's, it's um, a school that the Soulsville Foundation put together uh, years ago, um, along with like Stacks Academy. So, you got Stacks. Cool. Um, museum over there. Um, and, uh, um, what is it? Because I still don't know. The, what's the difference between a charter and a public school? So, because they're both <coughs> public, right? They're both public. They're both public. It's just charter schools have a little bit more leeway to make more decisions based on what they're you know doing to meet the standards and the goals that the public school still sets for them, or the public you know charter. Like the public school, I, I, the charter school I worked at, Promise Academy, we still had to meet the standards and the goals that Shelby County, Memphis City at the time, you know, set for our school as far as making scores and. Um, school improvement plans and all those different things. But um, we had a little bit more leeway as far as choosing curriculum. Um, being, being honest, um, choosing students. You know, a lot of, you know, public schools, kids in that neighborhood, they're going to go to that school, hands down. Charter school, you can, you know, accept and, and, and um, choose not to, to accept you to apply? kids. You do have to apply. <clears throat> uh, a lot of schools do testing, um, entrance testing. And it's not always just to, you know, um, accept or not accept the kid. Sometimes it's just really to get a baseline of, you know, what the kid, you know, how the kid can perform. And so we'll know um, what measures to put in place from the get-go and trying to help teach them. Um, so let me ask you this. With all the um, with all the insane technology that we're seeing mm, these days, man, 
right? So this is one thing I always tell my wife is I don't even want to save for college anymore because I don't think college is going to be a thing, you know, in 15 yeah. years yeah. when it's yeah. time for my daughter to go. And I know that's crazy, but I mean, it just seems today if you want to learn something, you can learn it yeah. any way you want. Just look at a phone, phone computer. Like, computer. So how is this going to affect <clears throat> education at a K through 12 level? Yeah. What do you see happening? You know, so we have, uh, you know, STEM. STEM has stepped up and is doing a lot of things and, and trying to... Um, what is STEM? So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So it's... Uh, um, is that a charter? It's not. It's, so it's not a, a particular school or anything. It's kind of a... Um, it's kind of like a, an entire curriculum that some schools will adopt for their schools where everything they do, they're trying to structure within helping kids develop careers and develop for going to college and fields. Is this the of, same thing as STEAM? It STEAM and STEM are very similar, except STEAM puts in the arts as well. Gotcha. So it's science, technology, arts, engineering, and mathematics, to where STEM takes out the arts. So, you know, we have Maxine Shaw here, which is a STEAM school, so kids are still over there, along with engineering and robotics and the things they're learning. Um, they're also doing music and theater and those things as well. Very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you're a fan of STEM? I'm a fan of it all, absolutely. So what about the, what about the, like, the curriculums that aren't using STEM? Most schools are. Some schools, schools are. Yeah, most schools are, you know. And that's the thing, man. Like, like you know, math is math. You know, when we had the Common Core thing come down and, you know, they were changing all these things and the standards were, you know, it, it, uh, man, if I could bring you some of the stuff that, you know, piled high of all these things and then you look at it like, as a teacher, you're like, okay, it, it's still just math, you know. One of the things parents complain about, you know, or complain, it's a, it's a, it's a worthy complaint. You know, why are they teaching it this way? You know, why not teach just the traditional way to multiply? What is all this lattice algorithm and this and that and doing it this way? Um, you know, sometimes you can't really answer that question, but it's like we're just trying to prepare kids for tomorrow. And here's the thing. We don't really know what tomorrow's going to look like. I mean, you just exactly. said, hey, right. will colleges even be around in 15 years? You know, what kind of careers? You know, everything is going so technical these days. Everything. I mean, McDonald's, like there's a there's there's two McDonald's right now that operate completely with two people. Two people. There's there's an engineer, who's there to just make sure all the machinery keeps functioning, and then there's one other dude. I don't even know what he does, but there's two people. <laughs> just they can have two. There's two people, right? Yeah. So it's like you know when you think about you know just the way our our world is changing and how does know, that even work? I mean, <laughs> so you just hold on. Is this true? So I'm, I'm wondering the same look, thing. Like, look, how do you prepare children to work in, a, or even just live in a world where, like, you know, it 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 doesn't look anything like the world that yeah. they were prepared for? Like my kids, like I'm, everyone says you've got to limit screen time. You got to limit screen mm. time, which is fine. But like, <clears throat> as an adult, I'm on a screen all day long looking all at my long. computer. Yeah. You know, so like, do you I, limit screen time? I don't. I don't either. That narrative is again the narrative. You know, that was the thing then. You know. Back away from TVs and bring out whatever. Yeah, man, the screen—it's not about limiting screen time. You, it's what's you, on the screen. What's on the screen? Mm-hmm. What's on the screen? You know, and and um, <laughs> I was just fussing at my kid before we came up here because she was spazzing out because something wouldn't download that she wanted to play. You know, and just <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> kids these days. You, yeah, just download. <laughs> give me two week punishment. No screens. But when I was in high school, I had a pager. Oh, that was my technology. I had a beeper. <laughs> I haven't seen one of them in so long. You know, it's a man, and, and bef- I mean, God, but exposure. 
mm-hmm. exposure. Yeah, um, I mean, so my daughter, she's six or seven, mm. and she'll jump. <laughs> I should know my daughter's age. She's seven. Birthday's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's past. Yeah. Right. Uh, so she'll get on an iPad, and she'll play, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, Minecraft. Minecraft, yeah. Which is, like, the way she navigates that and just builds these things yeah. from scratch. Like, yeah. I think that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Her using creativity and, yeah. you know, figuring out how to navigate yeah. that world and create and build and all that stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I just think... She might know. be running a McDonald's one day. You never know. I mean, <laughs> she or, might or be like, that engineer. Like, be that engineer, architect. Like the one of two you know, persons. Develop all, <laughs> the, one, the one of two people. It's crazy, man. You look that thing up, man. They got these big consoles you come in. Like, but kids sense this, right? So, like, a kid will come into an education program, regardless of where it is, and they'll look at the education stuff and they'll be like, man, I'm not going to ever use this stuff, right? Like it's I a went, battle. I went to college and I got an English degree, right? Huh, yeah. And I use none of it. Well, I mean, I, I read and <laughs> yeah, I went to read. I yeah, that, was, yeah. that was put into me. But, I mean, beyond that, there's really no use I had for that yeah, yeah. other than just saying, well, I went to A&M and – so. You know, and that's the thing, man, when I talk to, uh, you know, uh, young, you know, kids about to go into college, um, man, there's something that I feel like um, everybody needs to watch. Parents, teachers, kids. Um, a few years ago, I want to say it was 2014, um, or maybe even a little bit before then, there was a documentary put out called The College Conspiracy. It was put on or done by the um, National Inflation Association. Never even heard of those people, right? Never heard of that. Um, but it's just this... It's just, you know, almost hour and a half, two hour documentary um, about college and just about how, like you said, you you come out of college with this degree and debt, debt. But then you get into the workforce, and many times, you know, though you have this degree and you put your time in, um, and this happened to me. You know, when I first moved here, I actually was trying to get into uh, um, trucking logistics uh, company here called Expeditors. Had about four or five interviews with them. And at the end of the day, it came down to, I don't have the experience. Hmm. Simple. You know, and, and then with high turnover like they have these days, you know, you bring a new guy in, you got to take some time to train him and all these different systems that we use, and companies are not wanting to do that. Right. You know, so I'm talking to kids today like, hey, you, need, you really have to be careful about what degree, you know, program you choose to, you, to go into. Because yeah. you want to make sure that it's meaningful. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I told a guy this at uh, Spaghetti, Spaghetti Warehouse. You know, he wanted to be an architect. I said, look, man, that's great. You need to find a, a, a company here in Memphis and just walk in and be like, hey, I want to volunteer to be here. Just just get in. I don't care if you're just changing trash bags, standing at the door with coffee pots. Get in, develop relationships. Because now, so you go to school, not only do you have this, this, this degree, but now you have this letter of recommendation mm-hmm. from somebody who's in this industry that can help you Get into that industry, right? You know, so you don't run into the you don't have any experience. Oh, great, you got this degree. See, I just think though that a lot of times you're not even going to need the degree. Yeah. Right. If you did two or three years of solid, you know, intensive, <coughs> put in your time yeah. do, in an industry that you want to be in, I think that. So this is one thing that I've I've had a lot of conversations about is for specifically like you know I think about my kids going through their schooling years. Mm-hmm. I don't care necessarily what they learn. And I know that sounds crazy. I think if they can get out of those years with a love of learning, there you go. Then they're going to be okay. Yeah. Cuz I think that as long as you love learning, you're going to have the avenues through which you can learn anything you anything. want. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. how do you do that, right? In a school system where 
I mean, I didn't love learning till I got completely out of school mm -hmm. until I got out of college. And it took a few years before I actually really started to love learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you see that happening within the current education system? Like children are actually <clears throat> liking the process of learning. Here's the thing. Um, and, and, and this is big because, you know, you got ESSA right now that is. What's that? So it's the, uh, what do they call it? Education. No, every student succeeds something. Always. So it's, <laughs> it might be always. It might be always. <laughs> Look that up. It's called ESSA. It's, it's the replacement of No Child Left Behind. All right. Uh, that that uh, President Obama signed into law before he um, left office. How is it different from No Child Left Behind? So uh, there's a lot of differences um do one, you think any children were left behind <laughs> that used to be a running every joke, student man. succeeds act there we go there, it's always act, act that doesn't oh act. the legislation act. Act. legislation yeah, yeah legislation like, that doesn't act. even make sense all right sorry <laughs> uh, one of the biggest things about this, this this new legislation or the act it is is that states are starting to have more input and more control over what you know they're going to do for their individual states um and then is that it, a good thing it can be it can be um, I look at education and a lot of different things in the world on like these different tiers, right? You have this tier with the policies and all those kind of things. Like those are some things as far as a classroom teacher, I'm not even worried about those things. Like sometimes the things that they do may not directly affect me. Um, now as far as, you know, locally when you talk about, you know, teacher raises and tying that to um, student performance, those are things that teachers worry about. It, it directly affects them. Um, and then when you talk about things that are happening, you know, on the classroom level, um, when you think about developing kids' love for learning, um, that 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 comes from, you know, the teachers. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, man, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, I was I was I was talking with a person here recently, and um, you know, I just had to explain to him. I said, what I see happening in education over the last however many years, and I'm just a young man in this thing. You know, I. I you know, but I have the privilege of working around people who've worked in education for 30, 40 years. And I ask some specific questions and try to get some understanding about the things that are changing. Um, one lady, she said, you know, we're trying to run schools like businesses. You know, you, you go to a meeting with Wendy's, you know, and they're running their projections of things. It's all based on the dollar. You know, and, you know, we could shut these stores down or open these stores, whatever. It's all based on the dollar, which, you know, that's the business. School, it's a people business. Yeah. School's a people business. You know, when you get down to the nitty-gritty about a family coming into the doors of a school, it's a people business. So sometimes some of those things, policies and the whatever's going on above that, you know, me personally as a teacher, it's like, hey, that stuff's going to happen. But what can I do to impact the families? And the, and the students that I'm teaching directly with me. Um, How many students school. do you have in a class? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, in the private school I'm in now or independent school, I have 15 kids. So how do, like, this is what I have trouble. And that's done intentionally at our school. What do you mean? Like That's that, intentionally small or intentionally large? It's intentionally small. So what's it's that average class small. size? In, in, in independent schools, probably 15, 18 kids. In public schools, depending on where you are, like Memphis, I want to say, you know, it's like 1 to 27. Jeez. Yeah. So, even and then you have local legislation or, or statewide legislation that you know wanted it to get up to like forty five. Wait, they're they're pushing for more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's a pause on it, but I, yeah, at one point here recently, it was like we're pushing for more. Really couldn't get an understanding of why. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, how do you convince yourself 
that this is going to work. Hold on. What's your school day from when to when? Uh, so our school day is uh, 8, 8 to 3. So from 8 to 3, even with just 15 kids. Yeah. Right? So, so that's seven hours. Seven hours, yeah. Can they... Can and you, there's a lot of schools that go longer. Yeah. Longer like, than seven hours. Yeah, like some of the charter schools here in town, man, some of them will go 7.15 to 4.30, you know. I have a young lady who lived down the street from me, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're out talking or something. She got a little dog outside. She's like, I go back in, do some homework. I'm like, man, you know, you go to school 7.15 to 4.30, you get like a few minutes, in, and it's, it wasn't like, you know, a couple worksheet homework. It was like homework, 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 homework. It's like, man. How like, old was she? Man, she high schooler, 10th grade or something like that at the time. But he, like, especially with like younger, tons of energy kids. Yeah. Seven hours sitting down, just kind of absorbing information. Mm-hmm. Just seems crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went through it. You know, we all went through it. We all it, went through it. But in retrospect, it just seems nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let me ask you this. If you were to design a school today, yeah, and we call it the Brandis Leverett School of awesome people for the future. You know, here's the thing. I've been thinking about that. And uh, there was a gentleman here who was a very impactful in our city named Benjamin Hooks. The library down the street's named after him. Yeah. You know, if I opened a school, it would be called the Benjamin Hooks Academy of Excellence. So that's what you would call it? That's exactly what I would call it. Okay. So, so or, I was this summer I was at uh, downtown Ruby Bridges. You know the story of Ruby Bridges? Uh, no. Young lady, um, um, when they uh, did uh, desegregation, she was one of the first to go to school by herself. And Yes. It, yeah. Yes. I was looking and trying to find if there's been a school dedicated in her honor. And I don't think there is one. There's not a school? I don't think so. Like, that's crazy. It's like, come on, man. Give this lady her flowers while she can still breathe, you know, mm. and, and smell them. Yeah. You know, so that was another thought. Like, man, we need to dedicate a school in this lady's honor. Like, a, a lot of what I'm allowed to do and what kids who look like me are allowed to do is based off her courage and the things that her and her family did. It's like, man, let's honor this lady now. Yeah. Let's not wait till she dies. Look up, like, what the United States globally, how we're ranked <laughs> education. See if you can find, like, because okay. I think we're, like, 15th or 20th. 19th or something like and that. And I did look up the average classroom size. In 2014, it was, like, 25 to 26 students. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, when I was at the charter school, man, I, I, I uh, four, was it three sections? I think there were anywhere from 24 to 27 kids. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I had a young lady, um, a friend of mine. She taught her first year uh, teaching science at a middle school here in town. Um, one of her sections had 54 kids in it, man. What grade? Uh, I think it was the seventh, eighth grade. 54, 54. 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds? Yes. They had, like, parent volunteers to come in to help with just crowd control. <laughs> yeah. She went crazy. She went crazy. That's unbelievable. You know? All right. So if you start the Benjamin Hooks. Academy for Excellence. Yeah. So how how would you design school today? I mean, because I'm convinced we're, I saw a stat that's like 38 out of 71. We're 38th. Yeah. 38th. In science. And okay. that's earlier this year. 38. Oh, like, that's not even the top half. No. So we can't say that school in America is succeeding. Okay. Would you agree? Based on the numbers, you can't say that. Right. Yeah. I don't think 38 out of 71 is success. No. Right. So then obviously the current model has some flaws. Definitely. So design your school. What does it look like? Is it a half day? Is it like an hour? Is it mostly at home? How do you do that? Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I think about it all the time, you know, as far as just time. But first thing for me was just 
how do I design? Is it elementary? Is it middle? Is it high? Let's go elementary. So let's go elementary. Um, I really like the school I'm in now, and I like a lot of things that we do. Um, we have a farm and a forest on campus. We're all about learning beyond the four walls. Yeah, I saw Interstellar. We're all going to become farmers, right? <laughs> <laughs> but learning beyond the four walls, um, as far as just that 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 time of day. I mean, you you you. Here's the thing, and a friend of mine, you know, um, we've talked about this at IHOP before. He's like, the model of school today in America, it doesn't work because that's not the society we are anymore. You know, what do you mean? You know, when school was first established in this country, most kids needed to be at home during the summer months to help with, you know, farming and the crops. Yeah. Um, and then you got, it's like, you know, this summer, he was, he was he, he's a little bit against summer break, right? Um, but now our, our society is different, you know, but... We still have parents who work jobs the way they work. Yeah, summer's tough. What are you going to do with the kids? Mm. I mean, you know how much child care is today. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, the only reason the kids go to school is for, for babysitting, but that is a reality. It is a nice component. People. It is a nice component, right? <laughs> you should have seen the parents drive up to pick their kids up today. We were like, goodbye. They were like, <laughs> Just me. despair. Like, what, what did you do for eight months? I, hey, hey, I don't know what to tell you. Like, give them a book. Give him a Chromebook. Let him work. <laughs> but, um, you know, the thing with the school thing, man, um, you, you, you have to start with great people. It has to start with great people. Teachers. Before, yeah, great teachers. Here's the thing. You get a, a great teacher, um, and I'm not saying, you know, they have to be like a 30-year teacher. You just get a great teacher. That teacher can teach anything. Yeah, with I agree. anything or without the things that they need. Um, so it starts with just having great people and people who are on board with the mission of the school, um, who really care about the community, care about the people. Um, and then you have to really get the families bought in, you know, and partner with them and, and help them. You know, one of the things that I felt happened with the No Child Left Behind, and I've read some things over the course of a few years, I felt like I, f- I feel strongly that one of the things that came out of that was um, kind of a um, lack of accountability on the parents' end. So let me ask you a question on that. If a student today, let's let's say you have two students, right? Mm -hmm. Student A has great support at home and has a lot of parental involvement. Mm -hmm. Student B does not. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it a pretty significant difference between the two in their performance? Typically, yes. In a typical situation, yes. In a very typical situation, yes. So if if you're not getting the support at home, you are, in a typical situation, greatly disadvantaged. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's my personal experience. I mean, my mom was great at a lot of different things, but when it came to school, she she really didn't, you know, being a parent now, you know, and just thinking about, man, some of the things, you know, like she really, she just was a little bit more hands-off than she should have been with me. Um, and I was a hard kid, you know. I mean, like she, she might have, you know, had to like poke out an eye or something to make me, you know, do X, Y, and Z, but... Parental involvement is important. I feel like one of the things that came out of some of the, you know, narratives that have been shared over the last 10, 20 years is that, you know, and I got in trouble for this one time, um, overheard somebody say something like a teacher is the number one indicator of the success of a student. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not rocking with that one. You were a teacher at this time. Yeah. I'm not going with that one. Yeah. Like even now, like, you know, my kid goes to school where I'm at. Love her teacher. She's a great teacher. She is. But her she's not inf- replacing. Brandis. She's not replacing me and mom. Right. She's her influence over her over my daughter should not outweigh me, right? You know, 
Um, now, I do understand when you have student B and you have, you know, low parental support and those kind of things, like that's where, you know, and it comes back to it's a people business. You got to develop a relationship with that kid, develop a relationship with that kid's family and, exter- and, and, and um, 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 immediate family to try to help, you know, and this happens all the time. It does. I mean, when I think about me growing up, um, you know, I was a knucklehead for a very long time. And then I started playing AAU basketball. And my AAU coach, who was a cop in our in our city, um, you know, was one of the ones who kind of developed a relationship with me to help me to just, you know, start focusing on school more and, you know, meet these little short-term goals. And then um, in middle school, and I had a great relationship with all my principals and teachers and all. Like, it, it's, you, you would be amazed. The, teacher, the principal who put me out of her school, you know, like I spent – Christmases and Thanksgivings with her in her house. She's the one that feeds you kale. Yeah, 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 yeah. No more kale. No. <laughs> You're listening to this, but you know, <laughs> stop it. And then middle school, same thing. You know, just relationship, relationship. And then got to high school. One of my security guards at our high school developed this relationship. He was probably one of the first guys I also saw walk out what the gospel, you know, was showing. You know, and um, but it, it all hinged on relationship. You know, it wasn't any great curriculum or, you know, wasn't this, you know, new set of standards. You know, most of my success in school and most children's success in school is built off relationship. One of the things that I love about New Hope that we do, and I, and I tell our um, head of school this all the time, we have something called the Alumni and Scholarship Office, um, which basically keeps dibs in track and supports kids beyond New Hope. So we're talking kids when they leave New Hope at, as sixth graders and go into middle school. We have three people who are dedicated to making contact with them every year or every however many, I don't even know how, how often they do it, but they do it enough to where even today hundreds of kids were back at New Hope who were graduates of New Hope as sixth grade kids. You know, um, when I, Before I left KIPP, that was something that KIPP wanted to do. I don't know if they're doing it or not, but um, something called Beyond KIPP. Like, you know, we want to continue to stay with you and know that you're loved, know that you have some support and people in your corner, even if you don't have family who are doing that. And that's the reality for some kids, you know. So, again, it just hinges back to relationship. So, well, let me ask you a question. There's people that are listening to this, mm-hmm. right, and they're asking, okay, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to help, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they are parents who have kids that are still in grade school, mm-hmm. and then naturally they can just like, well, okay, if I'm not already involved with my kid's education, maybe I should be, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a natural way that you can implement some change but what about for people that maybe don't have kids or are empty nesters like is there anything to do to help or do you just have to sit back and watch and wait for do it, not sit back and watch and wait like but like we all know there's after school programs yeah. where you can go and read and all yeah, that yeah. so is that the best way to use your time to bring and that's the thing so give your time and the hard thing is that sometimes, you know, um, and this happens to us all the time as teachers, you know, they'll say, hey, we got, you know, such and such coming to volunteer today. You know, teachers' minds are going a million miles a minute, you know, and it's hard for us to, like, you know, sometimes when volunteers come in in those situations, we don't know that they're coming. It's more of a burden than it is a help because it's like, all right, I got to find something for them to do. But, you know, on the on the on side of things, come in and just start trying to develop a relationship with kids. Can you, though? Is that legal? <laughs> in my situations, it's ha- it has been because I've been at charter schools, been at, at now an independent school. Um, public school, I can't answer for that. I, I think it is. I mean, we have some wonderful organizations here who are doing those things already um, that are not, you know, 
legally tied to the schools. I mean, we think in, you know, Fellowship of Christian Athletes or Memphis Athletic Ministries. Of course they have, but it's not, it's not like, you know, state-mandated relationship with schools that they have. Uh, there's a new program or a new uh, yeah, program here in Memphis. Um, just did an initial year called um, City Year. City year, city year, okay. um, and they're you know dedicating four or five individuals to schools, and they're there seven fifteen when kids are walking in, cheering them on, giving them high fives, and developing relationships. And from my understanding, it's the same individuals at that school all year, so the kids are not you know seeing all these different people. Because that's the thing; I mean, kids are just like us. You know, when when we meet new people, it takes a little bit for us to develop a trusting relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Kids are the same way. You know, so when you have these people, who come <laughs> they're not in, just immediately gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's here to help yeah, me." He must me, you know? really care about like, my Most future. kids are trying to look at ways to take advantage of you first. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like, you know, hey, you should bring me some hot chips tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had takis? You should bring some tomorrow. Like, it's crazy. Have you but had takis? I would. I, I I put one like close to my mouth and smelled it. it smells like gas, man. I'm not eating that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's kids these thing. days, man. man. That's another thing, man. In ten years, these kids' insides and colons are gonna be destroyed, man. I work in the summer, right? So I work in the summer. Education's with a moot point at this point. Yeah, I mean, hey, all these kids are gonna be in surviving. hospitals, man. It's gonna be crazy. I work with these kids in the summer, right? And um, with, with with man, Memphis Athletic Ministries, and um, we had it's a delicious uh, uh, chicken salad they make in the summer, right? And the kids, like, I don't want that. I that. So I talked to him. I said, man, what did you I want today? some donkeys. Yeah. He's like, man, I had, uh, I had hot chips and, and like a jungle juice for breakfast and uh, <laughs> hot, baby, hot chips for lunch. And he was eating hot chips again. I'm just like, so you've had literally hot chips all day. Like, what are, hold on, what are, what are hot chips? Are they like just? The Cheetos. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So or anything hot. I mean, hot Cheetos. So no. I remember I, I used to work at Lindenwood uh, during the summertime and like, Kids would trade hot Cheetos like currency. It was like it was like a pack of cigarettes in prison. They were tra- trading that for like their spot in line at the video game center or something like that. Hey man, hey man, hey man. Let me let me move up and I'll give you four Cheetos. Give you some hot chips. <laughs> Look, did you see this morning on the news? Skittles and Starburst are coming out with like fiery hot candy, like spicy. It won't be long before you see like Cheeto and M and M. You know. The new flaming hot, <laughs> flaming hot M&M's. Cheeto M and M, like hot, hot chocolate. And don't get me wrong, I like me a hot Cheeto, right? Like, <laughs> all day, every day, like this. You're lining, man. You're lining. You're lining. You're lining. It's, it's not permanent. Lining. Hey, hey, hey. So can I ask a question about uh, Fellowship Kids? And yes. you mentioned like with parental involvement um, in schools, it's like a great uh, indicator of success in schools. Like, what do you see for uh, parental involvement for like uh, gospel relationships and for uh, growth in you know Christian life for children? Yeah, you know, in my experience here uh, at Fellowship mm-hmm. with the kids, man, um, it's, it's been really good. Um, from the conversations and the things that we talk about in class, you get an inclination that these conversations and things are happening at home. And then the kids, you know, we have some pretty, um, the bright kids and, and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're outgoing to the point to where they don't mind going home and sharing what they're learning in, in class. You know, and you just see that and the excitement that the kids have. And I'm so thankful for all our fellowship kid teachers, man. Like, that's, that's a, you know, a hard, stressful job, too, preparing mm-hmm. those lessons and, and just making sure and just understanding that. You know, the things that, you know, kids look at you in that role as a teacher. Like, that's why I tell people, man, teaching is a very important role. Kids learn to trust you, and they trust the things that come out of your mouth, you know, and they, and they, and they value that. So, 
It's like you have to be very, very intentional and critical about what you're saying to kids um, because they're going to take that and they're going to go and they're going to share it. But it really encourages me here at church and even at school just to have parents come up and say, man, we're so thankful for you know, what you guys are doing and the things that you guys are teaching. Or, hey, you know, they came home and they asked this question. You know, and I couldn't even answer the question, but it was like, you know, we're having these conversations at home. You know, and then just watching them develop relationships with each other. You know, when our you know, our church, you know, being multiracial, multi-economic, <clears throat> and all that, it's been really good even this past year watching kids that, you know, new kids who have come in and, you know, kids are just like, I don't know where to place this person yet. And then here we are several months later, they've developed a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, again, hinging back to relationships. But, you know, that parental involvement is important. You know, and, and here's the thing. I know it's hard. I know I'm a parent now. Man, it is hard. Man, especially being a teacher. Like, I deal with, you know, my How 15, old are your kids now? Uh, six and three. All right. Yeah. And busy. Yeah. Yeah. Girls. <laughs> yeah. From needy. Like, man. And there's been days, man, I'll get home after dealing with my 15, you know, and then as a teacher, it's like you feel like all the kids are yours, right? So we got 440-something kids. I get home. I'm in the car. I just let the seat back, and I just lay there for like 30 minutes before I go in the house. Hmm. Because part of that is I know I need to have the energy to give to my kids. You know, I can't come in and be like, oh, I don't want to deal with you right now. No, they need that attention. There's only a few minutes, wrestling the bed, whatever. And it's like, go take your bath. You know, let's get ready for the, the night's end. But, you know, I can't stress parental involvement enough. You know, and, I, and, and I'll, I don't care who you are. Uh, 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 Superintendent Hobson, uh, any of them, anybody. You know, if, if, if you believe, don't get me wrong, teachers are important but not the most important. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about a particular teacher, man, I mean, I may not have my students again ever. I've only had them for 180 days. Mom's going to have them for their entire lives. Yeah. You know, dad's going to be there for their entire lives. You know, so I'm not trying to not stress the importance of teachers, but I think part of the narrative is we have to stress the importance of parenting and, and that home life, man. Like, you know, there's a lot of schools that are using the flip model now where kids do most of their learning and exploring at home and then they come to school just to work and some of those schools the hours are a little shorter um in the days and different things they do more you know how are those schools doing i don't really know be i don't really to know. see that it'd be interesting to see that uh, i know there's one outside of nashville that's doing that um and it's 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 man it's like technology heaven over there man i mean they got tvs all up and down hallways <laughs> like there's this interactive desk Man, it's crazy. The desk is a screen? The desk is basically a touch screen. And, like, the teacher can issue out, you know, whatever. Just click of a button. Fling it. And, 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 and it just, and, and just shows up and bam. Right? <laughs> all these kids are around this thing and they're doing all this stuff. And, but, you know, even with the technology, man, if you can't read, I mean, you can't do it. Yeah. You know, so it's like we still got to slow down and teach reading, writing, and arithmetic. Which I understand. Yeah. But it's like, it's man, I don't know. Maybe it's just beyond that. Just teach them to to love learning. Just, yeah. And then, you know, I've been talking to some of my kids here recently because um, I, I have a really – I had some really kid, smart kids this year. What I saw them struggle in is when they struggled. They don't know how to struggle? They don't know how to struggle. They don't know how to look at, I've made this mistake and, like, you know, Gosh, man, get yes. over that. Yeah. That's you know. one That's Oh, one man, thing. I had one, one this year, man. We did this little – and it was, like, a fun thing. I really didn't mean to do it to, like, upset anybody. We had some time to kill. I threw up the, the, the result of a math problem using a different algorithm. And I said, hey, see if anybody can figure this out. 
other kids, a couple of kids were pretending like they got it, you know, they didn't really have it. But she couldn't get it, man. And I mean, she was hyperventilating and like, man, you know, so I had to like, oh, oh we need to learn and, and let's talk about, you know, how, like, you know, we always talk about it, man. Like some of the greatest things that have been made in this world have been made by mistake. Exactly. You know, the sticky note was a mistake. The slinky was a mistake. <laughs> slinky is the greatest thing. Like, come on, the slinky was a mistake. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the frisbee. They didn't intend to make that. They were Did you know Twitter podcasts. didn't even start as a social media company? It started as a podcasting company. Really? Yeah. Look at that. And then they, they decided to flip course because they were struggling. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, ultimately Twitter became what it is today. And that's something we got to teach. You know, I was Man. just meeting with some people who work at uh, Notre Dame this past week. Um, they're in a, uh, I can't remember the name of the program they're in, but <clears throat> they're basically taking kids from all walks of life and they're just trying to help them just excel at so many different things. And they were talking about ACT scores and SAT scores and all these different things. And there was a young lady who teaches and, and her family, like it's expected that you score up here and she didn't. And like even, and it's been years since it's happened she was about to have a nervous breakdown just talking about it amongst teachers as an adult, you know. Um, so we have to, you know, it's it's character. Man, that is like, <clears throat> couldn't agree with you more, especially, I mean, my daughter's in school. My sons are about to be. Mm-hmm. Anytime, because she, she gets very frustrated when she can't do a problem. And every time she tells me, I can't do it, I say, good. 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 Because now you have a pathway to get better. Mm-hmm. Anytime she comes up with a solution and she brings it to me like, I figured it out, that's great. How was the process? Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you enjoy the process? Right? Absolutely. Was it difficult? It's so it just seems like, man, the more it, it, that's it. Like two things: mm-hmm. love of learning and and learn to actually not just cope with difficulty, but mm-hmm. it just almost embrace it. Embrace it and love it. Yeah. Because you know, through that, something's gonna happen. Yeah. Working with people, you know, we watch these movies, you know, about NASA. You know, the, the what's that like Armageddon and got this big rock and hit Earth and all these people get in this room and they come up with these ideas and you know a bunch of them don't work. You know, but it's like, all right. Bruce Willis is angry. Back to the drawing board. Right. You know, yeah. nobody wants to pay taxes. That'd be great. No, I'll talk about that. But, you know, relationships, um, loving learning, learning how to work with others. I mean, that's our society. You know, that's one of the, one of the, the hinders about, you know, cell phones and all that is it's kind of made us this I society where it's all about us. And we're soft. And we, yeah, we're soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if Sparta ever, like, came over here. <laughs> We're done. I mean, we got the guns, right? We got, we got guns. But. <laughs> we are Tennessee. We got guns. You know, you said something earlier. Um, so I already talked about the college conspiracy documentary. There's another one, man, that I watched called Two Million Minutes um, several years ago. Uh, they actually played it at, like, Studio on the Square. Um, and this one, uh, so Two Million Minutes is about how long a high schooler goes through high school. About okay. Two Million Minutes. And uh, this particular one, it followed the high school careers of like four or five kids. One for like India, China, like, I don't know, and America. Yeah. But the opening scene of the documentary, um, it, sh- it, it opens up kind of showing um, what is of value in the different cultures that these kids were in. Right? So like Singapore, it opened up with like a kid flipping through a math book. And the math book is like this big. It's amazing. That big. And like, oh my goodness. Um and another one, it showed like a family around a table, you know, they're, so they're promoting family values. What do you think was the opening scene when it came to U.S. schools? I can't even guess. I don't know. What do you think? Money. No, what money? Football stadiums. Football mm. stadiums. A football stadium. 
that was the opening conversation, you know, when it came to, you know, schools. And I'm a, I'm a product of that, you know, being a, you know, I call myself a bum in school because I could play sports, you know, and those kind of things. I was kind of pushed along, you know, nobody left me behind. They pushed me right along. Because you could handle a ball. Because I could jump, you know. And do those kind of things. Um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy, you know. But again, it comes, man. There's man. This education thing is so deep, you know. Um, you know, there's something called the uh, blue ribbon schools. You know, um, it's having some relationship with a few principals. You know, I'm just like, hey, you got this kid who's done X, Y, and Z. Why is this kid still here? You know, I'm not a proponent of just getting rid of kids, but I am. I do understand. You know, it, it's true. One bad apple can spoil a bunch. You mm-hmm. know, and. And that's just the way the world works. But, um, you know, he was telling me that, uh, you know, if he, you know, suspended so many kids, you know, his school would be deemed as unsafe. You know, so there's these these, these clamps and there's this, you know, bureaucratic tape that a lot of, and this is why I like working at charter schools and now working at independent schools. It's also why it's 38 out of 71. Yeah. Because of all that junk. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this as we... uh, as we wrap up, if somebody wants to, if you were going to suggest something to somebody that wanted to know more about this, like you, you suggested those two documentaries, yeah. um, is there like a website that you point people to to kind of learn how the education system is run and how to improve it? Or is there yeah. like a book? You're like, man, you got to read this book or anything um, like that come to mind? Yeah, yeah. Um, to stay up with what's going on currently in the education you know, community here locally. And nationally, um, Chalkbeat. Chalkbeat is a great site. Is that a website? It's a website. Chalkbeat. Chalkbeat is a great site to go to. I mean, they're going to have tons of stories on there that are just going to keep you abreast with what's going on here locally and nationally. Um, And then, um, honestly, I mean, I was just reading some things on our um, government sites. You know, uh, there's a a Newsweek. Uh, Is it Education Week or News? Education Week. Uh, I think it's edweek.com is another great one that I'm always reading stories and things that are going on there. Um, and again, man, just as we're getting ready to close, man, just, you know, I know, you know, when you look at the numbers, we have a lot of issues in education, um, but there's some great things happening. Yeah. There really are some great things. There's some great teaching going on, some great teachers. Some kids are really excelling in a lot of different things. Um, you know, and, and, and one of the things that, you know, um, like with Shelby County Schools, 2025 is the goal, making kids career and college ready. Um, I like that, um, you know, because I love I love the career part, college yeah. and career ready or whatever, whichever way they do the two, because college may not be for everybody. You know, my brother-in-law, he went off to school right out of high school, and he struggled. Came out, went into the military, into the Navy. Now he's like high honors in school, you know, and he's become more mature. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a big thing. So, you know, in closing, man, just in thinking about, narratives we have to work together to change the narrative when it comes to schools and it comes to education um and and problems are problems they're going to be there um but we got to celebrate the successes more Mm. you know we got to put those out there man yeah we do focus on the negative we do man we do we do you know i even notice that as a teacher you know um i've lost kids sometimes um because I put so much energy in, in focusing on a knucklehead and I forgot all about my ones who were just doing plugging along doing what they're supposed to do. Right. You know, that's something I learned years ago. And I still lose focus of that now. You know, so I'll stop back and I'll just look and I'm like, man, who haven't I, you know, given some praise to lately because I've been 
you know, dealing with this knucklehead over here, mm-hmm. you know, and having to put so much energy into him to, or her um, to, to keep them focused. Him. Yeah, it's typically him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's typically him. Let's just be honest let's here. Just, let's be honest. I mean, I was trying to, you know, I want to email or something. Like, hey, you know, it's always a dude. It's always, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I hope you enjoy your summer. Hey. Get some time off. It's going to be good, man. Enjoy all the, uh, watching kinda, all the miserable parents out there. Yeah. I'm just trying. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm one of them, right. too. All right. Like my, I don't know what I'm doing with my kid, man. Some of the camps are already filled up. Like, Yep. I'm like, come on, I'm Brandis. Let me in. <laughs> like, don't you know who I am? Come on, man. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming and sharing man, some of that stuff. Me, man. We'll Absolutely. probably have you on again in like a year or so. And just yeah, like, man. man give us an cool. update. Yeah, What's going on? Cool. Or did you open up the Benjamin Hooks? Benjamin Schools. Hooks, you know, Excellent. Bridges School of Excellence, man. Like, I got a lot of ideas, man. And uh, and that's the thing. Memphis, man, it's it's it's, it's the epicenter for um, education change right now. Hmm. And, and people are here and, and are willing to try stuff. And I think that's a good thing. That is a good thing. That's a good thing, you know. So, um, but yeah, man, thank you. Um Big ups to all you teachers out there. Yeah, absolutely. And administrators, guys, can't forget you all too. You guys are teachers too. <laughs> you know, and, and building engineers and custodians and and look, all the most important life. people in the building as a teacher, kitchen staff, and your building engineers. Most important people. <laughs> there you have it, folks. That's who you want to love on first. <laughs> all right, Brandon Slevert, right. everybody. Thank you so much for being here. My man, honey, great. <laughs> <laughs>